Up in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday Where we tell your odd but true stories It's Friday July 7th, and it is Speak Now Taylor version day. (laughs) It is Speak Now Taylor version day. So if you had to take a break from that to listen to us, we appreciate it because (laughs) we get it if you listen to this on Saturday instead. Exactly. It's a national holiday. I don't know why we were shut down on the 4th when they must have got the dates mixed up. (laughs) We should have. the, the, The banks, the stock market, it all should be closed today, the 7th, because it is Taylor's version day. And she is Miss Americana. So let's... You know, July 4th, let's rename, let's uh, rebrand that. It's about time we do anyways. We're doing it. We're due for a change. With all the uh, explosions in my neighborhood, I'm always uh, happy when 4th of July is over. Lord. Bring on the drones. That's what I say. (laughs) I'm telling you, the drone show is the way to go. Drone shows from now on. Fireworks are out. Drones are in. We are team drone show for sure. We are team drone show and we're team full moon energy tour. Hey, hey, hey. Oh my gosh. It's already July 7th. We're going to be in Boston on July 19th in Brooklyn on July 20th and in Washington, D.C. on July 22nd. Those would be the second, third, and fourth most important dates in July, as today, July 7th, is obviously the most important. So 19th, 20th, and 22nd, if y'all are up in the Northeast, come and see us. Do it. It's going to be fun. I've uh, never been to Brooklyn, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. You can't sleep until we get there. No, I know. It's no sleep till Brooklyn. So it's going to be a wild show, because I'm going to have been up for 48 hours, but we'll see. We'll see we how won't it sleep the whole time. We'll go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows and see us there. Let's let's hang out. Let's hang out in Boston, Brooklyn, and DC. These are gonna be some fun cities. Some We're fun talking shows. to you, Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Joe Biden? <laughs> if you don't show up to this, <laughs> I swear to God. If, with aviators on, him and McGruff and their matching aviators. Also, if Kamala's not there, I walk. Okay. <laughs> Who well, now we have quite the guest list because I forget who all we're putting, but it's a I menagerie. Mike Berbiglia, Jay Z, and Beyonce, Jack Antonoff, they're all on the Brooklyn guest list. That's we'll put true. Joe Biden on the DC guest list. Kamala's on the guest list. We can put none of the Supreme Court justices are on the guest list until they get their shit together. Yeah, they're out. They're banned. They're actually not a- actively not allowed to come. So <laughs> it's awkward if they do. Yeah, we will have security there. So <laughs> if any of them show up, they're getting the boot. By a dog puppet, yes, but it's still security. <laughs> and it still counts. What a sick burn for a Supreme Court justice to get kicked <laughs> out of a comedy show by McGruff Puppet. My my name is Clarence Thomas. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> He's like, get I don't out about you. You <laughs> especially get out. <laughs> well, sinisterhood.com slash live shows and come and see us. Yes. We're super pumped and we can't wait to see everybody there. So in fun. the meantime, we got some Freaky Friday stories to get into. We do. And I also want to announce I will be bringing, we've established, not established, we've acquired a corn skull of our own. Yes. Cornel- well, we can't name him Cornelius no. B. Cobb. That's been taken. We name TBD. 
Yes, he's a, it's just an effigy, but they're miniature ones. So we have a mini corn skull, a mini Napa cabbage skull, a mini broccoli, and a mini potato. Potato. I wish it was a potato. It's a peanut. People said tripopophobia, that if you have this phobia oh, of the, seeing the holes. The holes. That yeah. The peanut apparently is very triggering. So I apologize because I did not realize that. I just thought it was horrifying on its own. I didn't know it was specifically phobia related. Mm. But Hyther did me a favor. And Hyther ordered giant skulls. So then yesterday, my doorbell rang, and there were three giant <laughs> versions of them also. So now we have a giant peanut as well? There's no giant peanut, though. I have a giant cabbage, broccoli, and carrot. I need a giant peanut skull. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last week's Freaky Friday. But we are on the hunt for a giant peanut skull head. Well, but I can we put them. it out at the show if it's upsetting to people? I will leave the peanut off, but we almost, I planned on bringing the mini ones because they're small enough that they're, you know, you can, they're not going to get us flagged at TSA. The other ones <laughs> might. <laughs> so. It's been a minute since uh, we got flagged. So yeah, pulled over. Since I got my license taken care of, it's like we just walk right through security now. <laughs> the best part is that I gave you shit about like, wow, Christy, have you not been on a plane? You don't even have a license. And then we walked through with, I had a knife on me. <laughs> you did. So. <laughs> I'm just shutting the fuck up and not talking shit to anyone anymore because I brought a knife into the TSA you brought a knife area. To not a gunfight, to an airport. And that's where you should never bring a weapon. That's it's like worse, a big honestly. rule they've got. Yeah. It's so much worse. <laughs> so I'm not I'm already on the list, but we'll bring the tiny corn skulls with us okay. on tour. Uh, we will bring them peanut upon request. Yes. If you say you want to see the peanut, we'll let everybody cheer to see him. And if not, shut your eyes and I won't show Okay. It. Yeah. I've heard of that phobia. It also like sponges and things like that yeah. trigger people a lot. You get it. Certain I mean, flowers, even yeah. perhaps even talking about this is upsetting. I don't know. But if it well, is, I apologize. And apologize. Uh, <laughs> corn skull. That's how we'll I figured that. it out. A what? peanut. I'll get a, a ski mask. I'll call it a pea mask, but it's going to be a <laughs> peanut ski mask for him. And I'll, he can still come. You just, he'll be wearing a ski mask. You'll be okay. It's wow. Fine, okay. Mask. So now we're going to go through TSA with a peanut <laughs> skull with a ski mask over it. And we're expecting to not get pulled aside for questions. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. God. <laughs> Another plane video is going to go viral. <laughs> When someone's like, I refuse to sit next to this peanut skull. And we're, and we're like, we get it. We get it. <laughs> the it peanut is real. Is it real. is very real. If you don't know what Christy's referring to, everyone, that's a Freaky Friday story in its own right. Yeah. If you were on that plane, send us in an email, please. Immediately. Or if you know somebody that was on that plane, we want to know what happened. But a video went viral of an American Airlines flight at DFW Airport. Of course. With a woman... God, <laughs> she was saying the person next to her was not real. So some people think she was having a mental health issue at the time. Others are like, was it an alien? And she knew it next to her. That's where everyone's mind jumps. To. <laughs> or the comment on the New York Post article that said either she was significantly struggling with a mental health issue or the airplane probably used refurbished parts and they're haunted. So it's probably that <laughs> one of those two. Like, That's it. That's the only two answers. Well, Pick your team. So, and we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> but for real, if you were on the plane, let us know because I want to know the yes. scoop. In the meantime, we have some other stories and also a very nice interview with two girls and how many, they say one ghost. I feel like maybe more were around for this interview. 
There was a sound in this interview that I want you all to listen for. And my very skeptical husband was like, babe, come in here when he was editing the video version of our two girls, one ghost, which will be on YouTube. And during Sabrina's story, she imitates the voice of a demonic presence. And very clearly beneath her, there's a sound that was not... We didn't put it in. It was on the raw Zencaster audio. You can watch her on video. She's not like leaning over to push a button or do anything. Before we started, they told us they're the most haunted podcast in America. They did. And they we shared several them. stories about <laughs> listeners listening that have had things happen, which they'll talk about. So I guess we captured something in real time. I think so. We'll, we'll clip it together, a video for social media, too, and so you can really hear it. But it was, he didn't tell me. He said, will you listen to this clip and tell me what you hear? And I listened. I said, oh, why did this sound happen? He said, I didn't add that. And it's not added. It's in the sound. And Tommy heard the same thing. I haven't listened yet. So I'm going to hear it. I'll hear it when everyone else hears it. Yes. And get then we'll live get react. Your, your react. Okay. All right. Well, in the meantime, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Lauren, and it's called That Time I Was Followed Home. Hi, ladies. I absolutely love you both and cannot wait to see you at the DC show. I don't want this to be too long, so I'll get right into it. When I was about 20, I was living in an apartment with my then boyfriend, now husband of 13 years. Yay, yes. Being new to the adulting thing, I'd make frequent trips to the grocery store that was located in a shopping center about 10 minutes from our apartment complex. You know, pick up just enough food for us to scrape by for a few days, then repeat. On one particular occasion, as I was pulling out of my parking spot in the parking lot of the grocery store, I locked eyes with a young guy, probably between 25 to 30 years old, who was walking past my car and staring intently at me. He was tall, slim, and clean cut, but the way he stared at me made me literally cringe. I can't explain it, but his whole demeanor was off-putting, even though his aesthetic was very normal, polo-wearing, clean-cut dude. I even remember saying out loud in my car, Ooh, creeper, as the look in his eyes made me so uneasy. I would not be surprised if he could have read my lips when I said it as hard as he was staring. Anyway, I drove off to the exit of the parking lot, where I was the first in line at a stoplight. A few cars pulled up behind me at the light, which of course I thought nothing of. When it turned green, I headed home. When I arrived at our apartment complex, I parked directly in front of the building's entrance. I had several bags of groceries that I had put on my passenger seat and on the floor of the passenger side. I opened my driver's side car door, then, still sitting in my seat, leaned over to the passenger side to try and grab all the bags at once. At that moment, I thought I saw movement from behind my car out of the corner of my eye. Our apartment complex was large and pretty active, so I figured it was probably a neighbor or something. At any rate, I let go of the bags and swiftly stood up to look and see if I had in fact saw something. My heart started pounding out of my chest and I instantly felt a sense of doom when I realized that the creepy guy I had seen in the parking lot was coming around the back of my car towards me. I hurried to sit back down in my car and would have closed my car door, but by that time, he was already in between my car door and me. I don't think I've ever felt that kind of fear in my body. My mind was somehow racing, but frozen at the same time. All I felt was dread as he stood over me. 
He still had that weird, uncomfortable stare as he spoke to me. Every cell in my body screamed, danger. I honestly do not recall what he said to me. He talked at me for a few minutes, even though I'm sure my fear was obvious and palpable the entire time. Before walking away, he gave me a piece of paper with his first name and phone number on it. I slammed my car door closed and locked it as soon as he was out of the way and stayed in my car until several minutes later after I watched him leave in his VW Jetta, which he had conveniently parked two cars from mine, but on my passenger side, so his car had not passed mine when he had come into the lot, nor as he left. If I was a smarter 20-year-old, I probably would have got out and snapped a pic of his license plate with what I'm sure at the time was a super crappy cell phone camera as he drove off. After he left, I hurried into my building, which thankfully had a coded entry lock on the main door, since, you know, he knew where I lived at that point, and I ran up to my apartment. When I got in there, I locked the door behind me and broke down into tears. I tried to calm down, then called my boyfriend. I thought he was going to downplay the event and say that I was overreacting, but instead, he demanded that I keep the paper with the guy's info on it and give it to him when he got home so that he'd have evidence in case the creepy guy ended up stalking me, or worse. He also told me something that my naive 20-year-old self needed to hear, which was, you don't owe anyone your attention. If that ever happens again, you slam the door as hard as you can on that man, because he should know better than to follow a woman home. Nothing more ever came of the incident, thank goodness, except that it has made me more aware of my surroundings. I'm so happy that we happened to live in the apartment complex at the time. Nowadays, living in our single-family home, I shudder to think of what could have happened if I had pulled all alone into a private driveway and he had pulled in behind me. Well, I would tell you to marry that sweet boyfriend of yours for telling you that, but you already did, so good job. He's a good (laughs) one. Yeah, that's right. The creep in the... Grocery store is bad enough to see that and you're like, oh man, they know what car I'm driving. But then that feeling when you get home of like, oh my God, it's you. Nothing good could possibly come of this. Yeah. Oh, no. And then your mind starts retracing back. Oh, well, then he watched me drive home. Like just the invasion yes. of privacy and knowing that you were being watched that entire time. It's eerie. Oh my yeah. gosh. So terrifying. And he knew what he was doing you know intimidating you're sitting in the car you're obviously scared and there's no acknowledgement of like any kind of social awareness he's just Mm -mm. looming over you what hitting on you giving you his number like has anyone ever met that way and it ended up good no that's not how i met your mother i lurked at the grocery store Mm -mm. and waited for her to leave and followed her home and stood between her and her door that she was trying to close on her car no No, No, that is at the very best lack of self-awareness at the very worst sinister. Exactly what you said, following home. Hopefully it's a private driveway. And maybe when he got there, it was an apartment. And he's like, I'll just, you know, try to hit on her or whatever, Mm -hmm. because there's more witnesses or whatever around. But that is so creepy to stand between you and your door. I don't like that. I don't like that. Your boyfriend slash husband. Absolutely right. Everyone should be reminded. You don't know anyone your attention. So, you know, I I think especially as women, we're like, well, I don't want to upset this guy, which I mean, sometimes that is the right call because the danger is real and Mm -hmm. you're in your car, you know, kind of in a closed off environment. You can't run. So 
you do what you got to do to get out of there safely. If you're able, though, to just slam that door and you're worried about doing it because you're like, well, I don't want to be rude. Fuck that. This guy, yeah. who he, you don't come up to somebody's car, anybody's car, and like act that comfortable and loose that you don't know, but especially a creepy dude to a woman. Exactly. That's the type of thing you do if we're friends. Like if I was, you right? know, or your husband or boyfriend, well, yeah, not like. A stranger, especially, I mean, nowadays I would hope that men in general, but it sounds like Lauren's boyfriend at the time slash husband now had good sense. But I think there is a more of a raising of young men to be like, respect people's autonomy, mm-hmm. respect their space. But also, Lauren, don't beat yourself up for not taking a picture because really, you know, it wasn't until cell phones were super ubiquitous. I think, you know, cell phones, smartphones that we have now gotten into the habit of like, oh, film it. Oh, I'll take a mm-hmm. picture. Oh, I'm right here. I'll take a picture. Because back then you kind of go, oh, man, I wish I could take a picture. Oh, my cell phone kind of can't. But yeah, it's all grainy and shitty. So I would say, you know, at the time getting his name and phone numbers enough, I thought you were going to say the boyfriend called him up. (laughs) (laughs) Also, what an idiot for leaving his number. That's just, again, like no clue of like how creepy and off-putting you are that this you think this person's going to call you after this. No, you just gave evidence, my man. Get a clue and get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> get a clue. Get the fuck out of my car, baby. That's Billy Ocean's original song. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one's from Dee Dee, and it is called Two Sketchy Strangers, a Puppy, and a Jar of Pee. Hello, ladies. I love your podcast and recommend it often. I've been listening since very early on, and it's one of my favorites. Thanks in advance if you choose to read this one. One suggestion. Please put Asheville, North Carolina on your next tour. It's a very cool place with lots of history, dark woods, probable cryptids, and weird folks. The following story will show you just how weird. We've moved from Texas. Hey, y'all, to outside of Asheville with our college-aged son, James, right before COVID shut everything down. All of his classes were remote, so he moved with us. I was very happy that he was home the day this happened. We live on a small cul-de-sac with about a half dozen houses. Everyone knows which cars and trucks belong there. Our street is off a main drag with a barely noticeable entrance, but lacks a no-outlet sign. We occasionally get people who think they can cut through traffic, but end up just cruising through the cul-de-sac. It was a late Saturday afternoon in October 2020, and I had been gardening for hours that day. I was getting ready to go out for dinner to a local bar with a food truck and a large patio with limited seating per COVID restrictions. Remember those days? There were plenty of neighbors around that afternoon, doing yard work, playing outside, and sitting on their porches. It's a small street so you always know when someone's in their yard. Anyhow, I had just dressed, and James knocked on my bedroom door. Are you expecting anyone? He said. There's a red pickup truck parked in our driveway. Since we'd moved, we'd had only a handful of people that came to our house, making deliveries or to repair something that my husband, quote, fixed, but in reality had broken even more. I guess living in the country means that it's a requirement to have at least one car that barely runs and only exists as a lawn ornament. Our son's hobby car is a 20-year-old Land Rover with windows that don't open, constant links, and duct tape bumpers. The other car is also our son's, but is newer and actually runs reliably. The pickup 
It pulled up behind the second car. No, we're not expecting anyone, I said, perplexed. Because I'm five feet tall and look as threatening as a Keebler elf, I asked James if he could go see what they wanted. He went out to our back deck that overlooks the driveway from about 10 feet off the ground. I could hear him talking to someone. Two scraggly-looking dudes exited the truck that had clearly had an adventure. It was freshly dented and had blue paint sprayed onto the front passenger fender in a very haphazard and half-assed attempt. It looked like something that might have been a good idea, but then they ran out of paint and were probably too high to continue. There was a lot of random junk in the truck bed. The driver came around to the front of the truck. He was holding a young German shepherd puppy under his left arm and a mason jar of yellow liquid in his right hand. What the hell? Our son was talking to the driver and asked, what's going on? The driver said, our dog had to pee. Our son asked him, why did you bring him to our yard? The guy mumbled something. The other guy left the passenger side of the truck and started walking down our driveway and into our yard. Where's your buddy going? Our son asked. At this point, I had come onto the deck but stayed in the doorway. I started to call the police. The passenger proceeded to walk down our steep hill and into the woods alongside our property. The driver said, Oh, he's walking to his friend's house for a party. What the fuck? Our property abuts deep woods with steep ravines, enormous patches of poison ivy, tons of thorny vines, and a multitude of thick trees. To the back of our property is a very busy road. It's two lanes with a posted speed of 40 miles per hour and a popular shortcut for massive trucks avoiding the highway. There's no sidewalks, and it's extremely rare to see anyone walking. There are houses scattered beyond and across the street, but because it's a normal world, they have their own paved roads and driveways. No one would choose to trample through the woods like Goldilocks to get to a house, nor is there any house in the woods, at least not that we know of. While this conversation was going on, I told the police dispatcher that although it wasn't an emergency, there were suspicious guys in our yards. We live in an unincorporated area, which doesn't belong in any formal township. I didn't know who or if anyone would show up. In the meantime, James, who knows a lot about cars and trucks, memorized the front license plate and could identify the make and model of truck. He continued to talk to the driver, who was getting increasingly nervous and gave incoherent answers. By now... His friend had disappeared into the woods. All of a sudden, the driver jumped back into the truck and tore out of our driveway. A few minutes later, there were three different police cars, including the county sheriff and two others from the neighboring towns, pulling in front of our house. All of our neighbors came over to see what was going on. We spoke to the sheriff while the other cops walked around our property and drove up and down the busy road behind ours to see if they spotted the guy. They asked our neighbors if they'd seen anyone lurking in their yards. I told the police that we were going out and that this guy must be somewhere nearby since we hadn't seen him come back through our yard. The police called for a canine unit and they proceeded to walk a bit of the ways into the woods to see if they spotted him. None of our neighbors had seen the guy come out of the woods and the dog wasn't able to pick up a scent. The patrol car didn't spot anyone on the road. Just then my husband drove up and was confused to see all the police cars and neighbors in front of our house. Soon afterward, the police started to leave, and the sheriff, who was about to drive off, stopped his car and told us that if we saw this truck again, to call them immediately. It had been stolen the day before, 
and the suspected thieves were wanted for multiple charges. A few days later, our son saw a story on a local website about a stolen new red pickup truck from a few towns away. The owner was loading it with his work tools, and when he went into his garage to get something, these two scuzz buckets took off in it. It had been abandoned and was completely wrecked. The owner posted photos on a local Facebook group of the condition of the truck when it was found. It looked like it had been smashed into a tree. None of his tools were in the bed, and it was full of garbage. The telltale blue spray paint was front and center in the photo, so it had been the truck that was in our driveway. No sign of the puppy or the jar of presumed pee. About a week after the post, two asshats were arrested for the truck theft and other crimes. They had left fingerprints all over the cab, and as they both had been previously arrested, they were quickly identified. Their photos were posted, and they looked extremely strung out. Both have long criminal records. These idiots were clearly not thinking by picking a driveway on a cul-de-sac in broad daylight with lots of neighbors around to watch whatever crime they had intended to commit. We don't know why the two chose us, but at the time, the Asheville area was experiencing a wave of catalytic converter thefts and puppy thefts. I hope that poor puppy got away from them, even if it wasn't stolen. He deserves better humans. Hopefully, they'll be in jail for a while, or they go for a nice long walk in the woods and meet our black bears in deep ravines. What uh, a thing for Didi's husband to come home to that there's like five cop cars and your wife's like, everything's fine. We, something He's like, has happened. is it? Because it doesn't look like it is. <laughs> it yeah. looks horrible. Absolutely. Well, yeah, the, the problem is when people steal cars is they're often not very careful when they drive them. So it's extremely unsafe for, you know, tearing out of the driveway and swerving around. This happened just yesterday in Frisco, in a northern suburb here, they had stolen it from like way down in Dallas and sped up there, wrecked it into a tree in a neighborhood. And then, you know, someone's like, ah, oh, it's just a car, which fair enough. If it was your car, you'd probably want to go after it. But the problem is they jump out of the car and go hold somebody hostage. Yeah. Or they jump, you know, they they pull the stolen car up and park in a, you know, an innocent person's. Or the whole drive from Dallas to Frisco, which is a 30, 45 minute drive. How many people's lives are you endangering on that highway? Like speeding in a really nice, like a red Mercedes. I mean, so it went very fast. So stuff like that where you're like, also, it, you know, it turns out the dri- like in this case, the drivers were wanted for something else for stealing other cars or catalytic converter thefts They're or whatever. The influence. It's just yeah, all around something. terrible time. I have some questions about Go. the dog in the jar. That's where we that the rest of it's all explicable by, you know, ne'er do well stealing a car or whatever. But the how did you get the dog pee into the jar in a moving vehicle? I can't. Um, and like if your dog had to pee, you would just take it and let it pee on the ground. You're not sticking a jar under it. Why do you keep the jar? Why wouldn't you let it? If you were driving, you know, you're stuck in traffic or whatever, and you really can't let the dog out into the grass and you don't want it to go in the cab of the truck and you do somehow manage to line the jar up with the dog to pee in it. No way. Why would you carry that whole jar with you all the way to wherever you're going? Why wouldn't it have gone out the window the next time you hit a red light? I don't think it was the dog's pee. Oh, you think it was the people's pee. But also, why would you pee in a glass jar if you're already out with the dog going pee? I mean, you just go. If you're you're whipping it out anyways, You're either whipping it out to pee into a jar, unless you think like if you hold the jar right next to you, it's less noticeable (laughs) than just peeing directly on the ground. I don't know. I feel like in the 
near the woods in the country, everybody's peeing wherever. Just peeing wherever. Listen, any plan that's held up to a lot of scrutiny will crumble. So it sounds like whatever they had going on with the dog in the jar, it was not Moonshine? well thought out. But that's usually clear. Yeah, it's clear. If it maybe, like I said, if he was trying to pee while driving or while the car was moving, a glass jar is a lot softer than a like a Coke can. So as far as possible cuttage, I don't think it was the dog's pee. That's no, I mean all- for the man. Yeah, for the man. maybe the man, but like. Dump it out. Yeah. What a we. I mean, I don't know. Why? How can we rationalize with people that appear to be these type of people? Not having a uh, good day. Well, Mm-mm. I will say he was headed to a party, and you don't like to show up to a party empty-handed. So <laughs> you got a dog and He's a like you warm can either jar. have this puppy or a jar of my piss. Which would puppy? you prefer? Peepy puppy. Puppy or pee-pee. puppy? Always choose puppy. And yes. We also hope that that, um, I mean, if they were arrested, maybe the puppy was with them and the puppy got taken into the good hands of the police department and is now one of their German shepherds. Right. Or they said, hey, we need a German shepherd rescue some, somebody, please. But you have to adopt the dog and it's become quite fond of this jar. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to take the jar, too. It's a package deal. Well, thank you, Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one is from Jenna, and the subject line is cow heads and tube men. And a quick content warning, it includes both of those things. So if you don't want to hear about cow heads or tube men, maybe skip this one. Hello, lovely ladies. I wanted to share with you all a bizarre story that still leaves me with so many questions. I go down the same road every day on my way to town. I've passed the same houses hundreds of times and never give them a second thought. One day, on our way to the grocery store, we pass by the house closest to the intersection where we turn. This is somewhat in the country. Most houses have a decent chunk of land, and a lot of people have a couple of horses or maybe a goat or two. We pass the house, and my husband exclaims for me to stop. I do and look at him questioningly. He then asks me to back up because he wanted to check if he really saw what he thought he saw. Now, there's no one coming up behind me, so I back up. I'm looking over, too, to see what the fuss is about. Then I see what obviously caught his eye. Back, quite a ways from the road, are a bunch of large barrels, probably four-foot-tall, giant barrels. On top of the barrels are planks of wood, and on top of those planks are eight to ten severed cow heads. There are no cows that live on this property. All of the cow heads were horned. So while it was a shocking sight, I figured the person that lives there must do skull artwork. Lots of people paint or carve cow skulls. So we kind of laughed at the strange sight and drove off. Every day as I passed by, I couldn't help but look over at them. Day by day, week by week, the cow heads stayed and rotted. We live in Oklahoma and have had some pretty warm days already. It had been about six weeks, and these heads were still sitting there. I know they had to be disgusting at this point, which made me question my artwork theory. I would think them sitting and rotting for so long would make the bone greasy, and it wouldn't be as good for artwork. Then one day, as I was passing by, I instinctively looked over for the cow heads and was surprised to see them gone. The barrels, planks, heads, and all were completely gone. And in its place was... I shit you not, a wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing arm tube man. 
I just burst out laughing in my car, not believing what I saw. It wasn't a giant one like outside of businesses, but about five feet tall. They had run an extension cord all the way out just to have him plugged in. I have no idea what's going on with these people and their cow heads and tube men, but I wave at the wacky tube man every day now, and I must say, he's a much more pleasant sight to see than a bunch of cow heads. I got nothing. I got no (laughs) explanation. I mean, the explanation I have is probably not a good one. Yeah, I would say that the skull artwork would have been my first inclination, or, you know, if it's out in the country, people you know, process animals in their own way. And there's different rules as far as as long as you do things kind and careful and not dump stuff in the water system. But yeah, leaving it out to rot does not sound like a careful, thoughtful artist Mm -mm. who is treating something for artistic purposes. It's like, where'd you, would you put the cow skulls? I put them out back. Oh shit. That was about six weeks ago. Oh, damn it. I left them out there. And wouldn't you put them maybe in a place that wasn't just, visible from the road where everyone could had to see it when they drove by if that if your intention was like well these cows pass naturally but they said that cows didn't even live on the property yeah that's so they also acquired weird. these cow heads if your whole thing is like you're trying to use cow heads for art i would say whatever process takes place before they're ready for you and your paintbrush Put it somewhere private where not everyone is exposed to that because that would be very upsetting to see. It's disturbing to look at. Honestly, it's probably a health issue, too. You know, as things rot, there's bugs and maggots and whatnot. You don't want to invite that near your home. I mean, I guess if it's far enough away from the road and it's out on a big piece of land, it's not bothering other people. But still having like the type of bugs that are attracted to decomposing flesh, you Mm -hmm. just don't want to attract that. But maybe that's actually why they replaced them with the wacky waving inflatable tube man because he's moving his arms to get rid of all the bugs that were out there. (laughs) They put him out there to shoo shoo away. Because they're probably coming back and they're he's like, they're gone. They are gone. Get out of here. Shoo, 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 shoo. (laughs) She's like, Cletus, you look like one of those wacky inflatable tube mans. He's like, that's the answer, Martha. I'm going to get me. I'm going to go down. I'm going to get me one of those. That's what we got to put in your backyard and get rid of like any mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Flailing arms. Flailing arms. Yeah. Maybe that'll attract John Hopper back. We are desperately trying to get John Hopper back. He has left us. We went and bought materials for a toad house last night and have constructed a toad house in the back to try and make it comfortable for him. So he'll come back. TBD. We'll keep everyone posted. He hasn't made himself known, but as soon as we see our toad friend again, we will tell you. But it might be that uh, they we need to add a fl- inflatable tube man, Maybe. and that'll draw him near. But That's what we got to do. If you, dear listeners, know what involves several cow heads stuck out, if that's some sort of a, you know, just, I don't know, something you've heard of before, write in. We'd love to know. Yeah, it's an explanation for sure. Well, this next one is from B, and the subject line is another intuition story. Hello, lovelies. I'm originally from Garland, a hop and a skip from where Heather grew up. You two always say sharing stories can trigger other memories or stories, and I guess it's my turn. You spoke of T's mom and her mother's intuition, and I have a story about my own intuition. Should we call it spousal intuition? Trigger warning for some gruesome injuries. Anyway, let's get into it. In 2012, a Monday night, I worked until 9 p.m., I called my husband to let him know I was heading home. 
he discussed the possibility of going out with some friends to watch Monday Night Football. He'd had a motorcycle for about six months and wanted to hang out with some of his biker buds. Think more crotch rockets and not so much Harley Davidson. I told him I didn't think he should go. I had no good reason why, but I just felt like he shouldn't. He assured me he'd be fine. I reminded him that if I needed to come pick him up, I'd load the ramp in the truck and come get him at any time. Before I got home, I stopped for gas. My husband happened to stop at the same gas station before heading out. This gas station was right outside our neighborhood, but it was definitely a coincidence. I was able to give him a kiss and tell him again that I didn't feel good about this. He again reassured me. So I kissed him goodbye, reminded him to call if I needed to pick him up, and I headed home. At 11.30ish that night, I received a call from my husband's phone. In my deep slumber, I answered, but it was a female voice. I don't remember much, but I remember something along the lines of, I'm with your husband and he's okay, but he's been in an accident. I was so confused. Who, who was this woman? Accident? What's happening? Looking back months later, my husband had to be somewhat conscious to unlock his phone. This was well before facial recognition, and he had to put his passcode in or tell it to someone. We're not really sure what happened, but he crashed his bike. He was in the hospital for only seven days. It could have been way worse. His biggest injury was the loss of the tip of his left thumb, his dominant hand. It was degloved, leaving only the long bone, but nothing around it. Full list of injuries, dislocated fingertip, one broken collarbone, one broken arm, bump on his forehead, he had on a helmet, cut upper lip, busted knee with some cuts, and a bit of road rash. He had five pins in his fingers, a cast on the broken arm, nothing for the collarbone, same side as the broken arm, and a flap for the thumb. They essentially built a thumb around the bone that was left, which required a skin graft. It's been 10 years, and he's fine. No major or long-term damage. He's figured out life with a thumb tip missing. Really, it could have been way worse. We've discussed this a lot. I had a feeling he shouldn't have gone out, and I couldn't explain it. Maybe it was intuition. I couldn't give a good reason for him not to go. My intuition has come up one other time. I got a real bad vibe from someone I had never met. It turns out they weren't quite the stand-up character they portrayed. He's learned to trust these instincts, and I make sure not to take advantage of them. We've been married only three years, and we became so much closer than we ever thought we'd be. He had no use of either hand for a few weeks. Just think about it. We celebrated 14 years this May, and life has been a roller coaster ever since. Oh, one more fun fact. The lady that called me was a nurse at Parkland and was driving home from a shift. A friend of hers was another nurse of his throughout this process. He was very well taken care of, but it was definitely a scary time. Thanks for all you do. I love your podcast. Oh, well, this is one of those things where luckily um, a very well-equipped person was traveling down the road at the same time and pulled over. <laughs> Bless nurses. Parkland is a great trauma hospital as well. So, you know, you get somebody that's like, this is gnarly, but it's not, I'm used to it. And so that's the person you want there taking care and calling you up on your Honestly, husband's cell phone. For sure. If you said, Hey Heather, you're definitely going to get in an accident and you can choose one civilian. I would be like, could it be a Parkland nurse specifically? Right? Cause people will like, they will fly patients there because it is such a great trauma that's unit. JFK so JFK was 
taken. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, yeah, and I think six months, having a bike for six months, that's about whenever I had a bike accident. I got it late July, and my accident where I broke my ribs was in, like, January, and it's because you get that false sense of, well, I've been doing this for six months. Mm -hmm. I'm so good at it, and that's, like, right when you let your guard down and frequently right when you get into the accident. I had nothing degloved on me, though. My God bless Mm-mm. your husband for going through all that. That is wild. Mm-mm. But you said you got that gut feeling, man. Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. You can't explain it, but you're just like, something about this feels off, you know? It, well, I don't know if it was intuition or what, but the day that I wrecked my bike, I had an appointment to get the windshield installed on it, and I did not want to go. But I think they charged like a windshield fee, and I just was like, oh, I don't really want to go. But, you know, I don't want to get charged the fee. But I just had this feeling of like, I just really don't want to do this. And I did anyway, and I freaking wrecked my stupid bike. So Was that when it had been rainy or icy, wasn't it? It was just cold, but it had rained like a two day or like a day or two before. And so there was like a strip of mud down the center of my alleyway. And Mm -hmm. that's like what took me out. Luckily, I wasn't going very fast, but just the angle and the force of the bike and stuff just broke my daggum ribs and my little bone in my wrist. But is that the one where the man saw you trying to lift it up and didn't help? Or was that a different time? No, it was that one. It was. Yeah, he like he heard the I mean, the crash and the whatever (laughs) sound I made. And then I stood up and he just kind of like looked and was like, Kind of gave a little like, oh, hey. And I was like, I just, I'll get it. No worries. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and I had to lift a 700-pound motorcycle uh, myself. Dude. Yeah. At least yeah, come say, hey, you okay? That looks kind of bad. Or maybe he thought, I don't want to embarrass. You know, when you see right. somebody fall and you're like, I'm going to pretend like I didn't see that because <laughs> I feel embarrassed for them. But I feel like falling just tripping over your feet versus falling off of a motorcycle are two different things. <laughs> Go ask somebody if they fall off a motorcycle. Yeah, okay. just say, you're all right? You're yeah. all right? You need a hand? You need just a hand give a little something? like, we're good? Thumbs up? Good? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, bless well, Luckily, your- you were okay. Luckily, the uh, bee's husband was okay. And for everyone that rides a bike, just wear a helmet, you know? Yeah. The other day, we saw all these... Bikers on the highway. And Ella was like, why doesn't that man have his uh, helmet on? I'm like, he should. You should always wear a helmet. Don't. And right? she's like, why? And I go, well, look, there's nothing protecting his head from that ground. If he gets hit by something, that's it. You don't have like a car around you. So... It's game over, man. Yeah, I wear I wear a helmet now when I ride my... When I was using my Barbie rollerblades the other day. Like, you I should. Because I thought, you know, well, I'm only in my garage trying them out. You know, I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. back into my rollerblade. And and as confident as I was, I thought I could easily, my feet could go out from underneath me. Even if I bounced on my booty, I could still fall back and whack my head. And I just Mm -hmm. don't want to take any any chances with the head stuff. So, B, I hope your, your husband's got all the gear on if he does still ride. And if not... There's no shame in retiring from the game like I did. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, we, Ella is getting a bike soon and we've told her you got to wear a helmet. You got to wear elbow pads. Mm-hmm. I've seen and read about too many injuries of kids and adults just like playing around on a skateboard or something and you take one nasty spill and uh, you're done so. That's it. As mm-hmm. a child, I read the book Mick Hart Was Here and it's all about this kid that did not wear his helmet and it's like this the memories of his sister and like wishing that he, and it was this big message for kids and it really Well, it, apparently me. it affected you. You're still, still wearing remember. one. Good. Still remember. Well, thank you so much, B. Yes, thank you. Sinisterhood will be right back. 
Well, these next two stories come to us from Corinne and Sabrina, the ghostesses, hostesses with the most (laughs) of Two Girls, One Ghost, which if you're not familiar, it's a paranormal comedy podcast. And like we said earlier, it's called the most haunted podcast in America. And I think for a reason. Yeah. According to them, many of their listeners, and if you are one of them, you might know, have experienced very paranormal, spooky things happening while listening to the show. Oh, yeah. Well, we had so much fun listening to Corinne and Sabrina share some haunted encounters, not just from their listeners, but then also from their own childhood and their own experience. We got some like family haunting, some astral projections. And be sure you keep your ears peeled when Sabrina is describing what her sister sounded like. There is a sound. There's a sound. I feel like I need to hear it and and react. Right now, live? Let's do it. I'm going to listen to it offline here real quick to get my reaction and then tell all of y'all the reaction. Well, I just listened to the little clip of it and there is some kind of, there is some kind of something. It's uh, either it's haunted equipment. What did they say about the person on the airplane? Either uh, someone's <laughs> phone went off or uh, they are using a haunted microphone yeah. <laughs> and it goes through. <laughs> Well, I listened, and there is some kind of sound, so it's up to you to determine what that might be. Well, yeah, but in the meantime, thank you, Sabrina and Corinne, and we hope you all enjoy our conversation with two girls, one ghost, and a weird sound. Yes, the first story from Corinne I have called, Who Could It Be Now? Who could it be now? And then the second one from Sabrina is Two Orbs, One Girl. (laughs) perfect (laughs) and uh enjoy thank y'all hey everybody welcome to another edition of our freaky friday guest stories today we are so excited for our guests we are joined by corinne and sabrina of two girls one ghost yay yay well i'm nervous to have you because i hear you're the most haunted podcast (gasps) in america and we might get haunted oh Yeah, we're sorry ahead of time to you and anyone who's listening because Corinne and I were just talking about this, actually. It's it's frustrating because some of the hauntings are good, but the most of the time, the ones that we hear are like... Was that the ghost honking in the back? That might have been the ghost, yeah. Yeah. Your Uber ghost Stop talking about me. (laughs) That's eerie, though, because you literally are like, some of the ghosts, beep, beep, stop talking. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) But most of them are like kind of scary or it's the ghost turning off the podcast, which is kind of rude. Like, <laughs> hello, we want people right. to listen. We're like, you can whisper EVPs. We're fine with that. That's like a fun little where's Waldo in the audio. But when they actually start turning the audio off and preventing people from listening, that's when we get a little upset. Though I will say there was one mm-hmm. instance where someone found our podcast by their truck that was turned off turning itself on and tuning into our podcast which the guy had never listened to podcast and never heard of us never so it was like here you go yeah here's an episode for you you have a street team in the afterlife it's like all right we're gonna how are we gonna get more listeners to two girls one coast corinne and sabrina we're gonna turn on let's just start we're gonna like you two back when they put their album on everybody's iphone the ghosts are just gonna infiltrate all of our yeah start playing (laughs) there was okay there are two stories that like really stick with me. One is, and this is a good one. Actually, I'll start with the bad one and then I'll go to the good <laughs> That's one. That's good. Uh, the So episode 12 of our show, 
it's called Dominus. It's probably the scariest episode we recorded and we both like were freaked out afterwards. But we had a listener. We had countless listeners experience things when they listened to it. But one specific listener was driving in their car at night while listening to that episode and a deer ran like right into their car. Oh God. And like, yeah. Deers will, deers will total your car. <laughs> that can fuck your car up. Yeah. 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 Wait, have you guys experienced stuff? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, I'm more so than... No. Chrissy <laughs> said no. I have. Um, I have the, our listeners know when I was in high school, well, my, my childhood home was haunted. And by the people that lived there beforehand, the gentleman in the front was putting... Uh, he was fixing a car under kind of like a Chantilly set up like situation and it fell on him unfortunately in this horrible accident and his oh, wife no. ran oh, from gosh. the house to go and try to you know call 911 and save him and as a kid i would always see a, a moving something a specter a phantom going running down that same path just over and over again so i think you know it was a what do you call it oh, like a recurrent gosh. spirit yeah. it wasn't it didn't seem conscious like it wanted to interact it just made me sad yeah. honestly thinking about the story how you residual get trapped, to, oh yeah residual that's the word yeah right? that is sad so yeah residual, and then my yeah. high school boyfriend's house I think was haunted by Abraham Lincoln, the hat man. I don't know. There's like a creepy <laughs> figure. <laughs> it was like, it, it was probably Abe. But he had a stovepipe hat. I mean, he just had like this big hat, like 1800 yeah. stress and would just patrol the hallways in their house. But they had a priest come and bless all the bedrooms. So it wouldn't go anywhere past the door. And the house had a rule oh. after 3 a.m. You do not leave the bedroom, not for the bathroom, not for go to the bathroom mm. before three do not come out until the morning. And that was, I should have taken that as a red flag, but I didn't. I like, yeah. I'm in love what did he though. do? Did he, did he have a debt? Uh, have a, a bucket next to his bed? Hold it. Amazon like trained. bed pants have spiked with paranormal yeah. activity. That's like, the correlation. I can't drink any liquids after 5 p.m. Right. You wake up late. Like, honey, what are you opening the bedroom window for? I got to go piss in the bushes. I can't go in there. <laughs> I climb out yeah. the window to go to the bathroom. Yeehaw. Well, yeah. yeah it's it's safer, first. safer to go outside than inside your own home. <laughs> if you buy a shiwi, it can be quite easy. I, think. I have That's a shiwi. Used it once. No, shiwis are not easy they are not they, I, especially wait. when you've been drinking oh that's they when make I a disaster one. yeah it didn't go great but i bought one because i went to the women's march in dc in 2016 and everyone was like you've got to get a shiwi because there's no telling when you'll be able to go to the bathroom <laughs> turns out it was not i did not need it but later that night after going to the club walking back i was like i'm gonna try this thing out and so i just went into a playground of a school me and my friends all places i was like i want to see what this is like and it's so hard because you're not we're not used to like peeing that way so your body's like this isn't right you shouldn't be peeing right now don't do it Mm -hmm. and like you really have to like focus on it it was difficult (laughs) yeah she on a list somewhere not brought to you by she (laughs) we you're also you're you're a mom and you you are a mom and still be peed on a children's I wasn't playground. A mom then. I was not a mom about, yet. Okay. I'm like, I'm wondering how many CCTV footage is. You're right? on like a mom's Facebook group somewhere. Yes, like, probably. the she-we peer. Yeah. I once, okay, I once, I have famously, like, I cannot control my bladder. I can hold it in for a really long time, but then like, if I have to pee, I have to pee. And sometimes I sneeze and I pee. Oh, sometimes same. I laugh and I pee. Do you have children? And- no, oh. that's so that's well, scary. Good. That's going to be a huge problem when you do. <laughs> Thank you. I, I need. This prayers. is going to be the diaper circle. We'll all just uh-huh. be sponsored by Pampers. <laughs> 
But I once had to pee and I was like in a parking lot. And so I like went behind a car and squatted and the building next to me started like an alarm started sounding. It was like, just so you know, we are recording. You are on video. Video is being taken. And I was like, well, (laughs) too late. Pants are down. You're welcome. Stream is flowing. I can't stop it. There's nothing I can do. This is what's happening. I can't imagine anything (laughs) worse. Both on most wanted lists somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I never thought of that. There could have actually been footage of that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Mine, okay, my new lesson is to wear a hood. Wait, Sabrina, did you did you yell back? No. <laughs> but it was like an automated response. Oh, I think okay. my new lesson, I need to like have a hooded something yeah. with me at all times. Yes. So that when I have to pee, it's like, yeah. like yeah. incognito. Oh, you can't smart. see right. me. Yeah. A true criminal. I was doing this because I envisioned like a rubber Richard Nixon mask. And I don't know why. Because that's probably more <laughs> obvious. Don't do that. You should no. wear the hood. Go with the if hood. If you're peeing uh, with a Richard Nixon mask on, you're probably going to get an alarm. Or no one approaches <laughs> yeah. you because they're, like, they're like, nah. Oh, no. Nah. They're nah. too yeah. <laughs> Uh Well, the, uh, we've heard these. Uh, we've shared these. Uh, our fun peeing outside stories. But what we're really here for today is your Freaky Friday stories. And we're very excited yes. to hear them. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to share the last? Please. Um, oh no. Tell us everything. Listener encounter because this one was. This is a good one. Oh yeah. So yes. that people like the might deer, not be terrified of our show. This one good. <laughs> yes. Um. We had a listener listening to our podcast while driving, and they were at a light, and it as it turned green, our voices. I think it was like Corinne's voice. Like all of a sudden, yelled stop, <gasps> and it was, and. Luckily, like she did, and all of a sudden, like a car ran the red light wow. through the uh, intersection, Damn. and she listened back and was like, "Oh my gosh!" And when she was listening back, Corinne doesn't say stop. Wow, she just heard you. Damn, Corinne, your freaking spirit was saving <laughs> lives out there. Mm-mm-mm. I wonder what I what I dreamed that night. Yeah, maybe I was yeah, right. projecting. I don't know. Yeah, you asked for projected <laughs> that you were a crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> the the person haunting our podcast is me. Yeah. In my sleep. <laughs> the whole time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Someday, like many hundreds of years from now, it all comes back that the whole time the ghost was you. Yeah. It was me. This is a good okay, segue into your story. Oh, Karen. nice. I have I have a paranormal story that kind of yeah, totally goes in line with this. So to give a little bit of background and context, I have always been haunted my whole life. And by me being haunted, I really think it's my entire family and all the houses we've ever lived in. So all three homes I've ever had in my childhood were haunted. We were like the haunted house in the really the beginning of the street, not at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just paranormal activity was a normal occurrence for me. It didn't make it any less scary, though. So when I was in middle school, I was going through a really hard time, as a lot of people do when they're in middle school, mm-hmm. and they're pubescent, and everything is awful, and you're like the first person with boobs. Kids are awful. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I was kind of in that in that situation, and I was being bullied very, very hard for two years of middle school. Like the, the bullying that you see in, in movies where they're having their friends and their cousins and random people call you and say, like, kill yourself, like... Oh, things like gosh. that so it was very bad i am so i was sorry. very lucky that's yeah. okay well i was very lucky it's not okay but i'm i hope worked, you've yes moved moved past i'm it recovered and can heal. good 
I, well, actually, I don't know if I'm recovered because I don't really remember much from that time. So mm. I think my brain has blocked it out. Yeah. You're but it protecting yourself. Protect it's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere. But I remember bits and pieces from it. And luckily, my mom had also worked. Uh, she was a child therapist. So that worked out well oh, for me. Oh, that's good. Um, but anyway, during that period, multiple times over this like year and a half, I would wake up in the middle of the night or I'd be going to bed and I like, wouldn't be able to get to sleep and I would just be so sad and I'd be crying and like weeping in my bed, just incredibly depressed and embarrassed about everything that was yeah. going on. And this woman would appear in the corner of my room. And at this point, I had barely moved into my childhood bedroom. I watched E.T. when I was five and I was like, that's it. Me and my brother, we're sharing a room, bunk beds. So now that I was 12, I was like, I have to be a big girl and like move into my own bedroom. And so I had my bed tucked into the back corner of my bedroom so that I would be safe with the wall on one side and the other side would be the one that's exposed that I have to like battle all the demons from. So <laughs> nothing was behind me, but I was, I always kind of faced that direction to be prepared with whatever came at me paranormally and things did. So, <laughs> so it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't me just being ultra paranoid. No, you got to set up your battle. I know. Yeah, you do. Yeah. How, how did I even sleep? I don't know. <laughs> but there was this woman who she felt so much taller than me and she had this like long, dark, draping clothes that would come off of her and her hair was long and dark. It was like almost black and it was like to her waist. And she would appear in the corner of my bedroom that was completely diagonal from where I was. And I would see her. I would like feel her presence. And she would stand there for multiple minutes before she would start to get closer and closer and closer to me. And the odd thing is her presence, the way that she appeared looked so scary, but I was never scared. And when she would get to me, she would put her hand on my hair and kind of slowly and gently stroke it. And it was actually incredibly comforting, which was bizarre because everything else about the situation should be horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this happened to me over a year and a half. And Sabrina and I have theorized and I've theorized with people who have gotten tarot card readings from and past life readings from who this person could be. Like, is this a guardian angel? Is this some spirit that lived in my house that was super sad to see me go through this? We didn't really know. And we still don't know. But I had a moment over, I think it was over Christmas break or or something like that. It was in the Easter. Easter. That's what it was. Easter. Yeah. So it's really recent. Yeah. Very recent. I was home in Vermont. My parents still live in that house. And I was staying in my childhood bedroom. And I was changing into my pajamas. And when I change into my pajamas in my room, every single night that I'm there, I do it in that same exact corner of the room because it's the only spot if I keep the lights on at night, which I do because I'm scared of the dark. If I keep the lights on, um, it pre- that corner prevents me from being seen from the street, from like neighbors changing. Oh, wow. So I was in that corner and I was changing and there's also a mirror in that corner. And as I was changing, I caught a glimpse of myself and had a little moment of panic because I was like, it's the woman. She's back. And then I realized <gasps> that the woman you. might be me. Yeah, but it is. Just in the future because the woman yes. to me always looked like she was in her 30s. And I'm turning 30 this year. So I'm like, maybe something happens in the next decade where I am able to go back and sort of observe and heal that part of me that I don't remember much of. And mm-hmm. I do that sort of work. And I I see yes. myself. Because when I saw my reflection in the mirror, I was like, it's her. 
but it was you. You know what I'm thinking, Corinne? I think I've heard this story a couple of times and like every time I hear it, I'm like just blown away. But we were talking yesterday about EMDR and this mm-hmm. makes me think because I've been doing a lot of EMDR and like therapy, trauma work and stuff like that. And it's really, really powerful. And when you're in it, you're like mentally putting your adult self into past experiences mm-hmm. and like trying to help your past self like work through things. And that I mean, that's how I did it. And I'm sure like other people do it differently mentally. But Corinne, this makes me think, you know, in the next couple of years, if you plan to do any therapy work or work on your past, I'm imagining you doing EMDR and as your adult self, putting yourself Mm. back into those moments and actually astral traveling and projecting in a way and healing yourself. Yeah. Well, you just, you're like, it's you don't possible. really remember as much. Like maybe when you're putting that hand on your head, you were healing yourself instead of like, shh, forget, but like, you know, process it, deal with it. And it's going to come through when you do. Therapy. Right. Because there's oh, only one way to test it. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> that or DMT because apparently DMT, <laughs> you can also travel to your past selves. And, yes. uh, <laughs> Interesting. So, or we, yeah, we yeah. learned on a previous Freaky well, Friday. Well, ayahuasca take, shot every morning. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> our, one of our listeners wrote in that they did mushrooms, ketamine, and uh, a whippet. And then they and were wine, able to also travel and, yeah. through like different times and stuff. Jesus. So who knows what the mix would be. I think my be. heart would give out. I'll do the... <laughs> Kids, don't try this <laughs> at home. Don't try this at gotta be a professional fine I'll go to therapy whatever it was I'm glad that you have kind of healed that trauma because that is such a lasting thing for kids it is so interesting too because it was the one experience because I've had so many and obviously I won't I won't we'd be here for hours if I told you more (laughs) but it is interesting to me though because this was the moment like when I had this realization that it it felt very likely and very familiar that it was me, which is probably why I wasn't scared of this scary, drapey clothed woman, which is kind of how I dress now. Um, <laughs> that it was just so weird to think about like time. It made me, it made my brain blast open. I was like, what even is time? Like, I don't yeah. know anything about right? this world anymore. What are dreams? What are, I, yeah, yeah so true. it was all of it. It was interesting. Dang, can travel. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. that. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that. We all that age group is such a t- hard time, uh, and we all want to go back to our former selves at that age and be like, "It's going to get better." Yeah, just wait it out. It'll now and look at you now. Yeah, so exactly. all those assholes that bullied you, first of all, fuck off to the moon, and yeah. also I guarantee you they're not as successful. So you won in the in the long run. Yeah, thriving. do they you're, even have a podcast? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, exactly. You visited your childhood self and been like. Don't worry about it. Believe me, it'll all work out. <laughs> Their lives go very badly. I was horribly bullied in sixth grade. And my teacher said that she was like, I really think in the long run, like life-wise, your life will work out and theirs probably won't. And she was 100% right. So <laughs> uh, whether it's ourselves or past selves or an adult, we definitely need that when we're going through that, man. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's so sad how mean kids can oh, be. Imagine. And it's like, why like i know everyone's dealing with their own stuff but my god i'm hoping uh the generation like that we're raising now is like my kids age will be a little different so that's the only thing that gets me through the day because i cannot stand the thought of either of them being bullied i believe that because i i truly think with each generation, it gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Kinder, hopefully. And yeah. we, we heal all hopefully. of the things that hurt us. So I feel like that was a big part of our upbringing. 
So I think that it'll only get better. And I think your kids will be just fine. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Well, so you can much. Um, time travel and astral project. So I yeah. take that and I'll do guarantee. That. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll give them a little pat on their them. head. Thank you. <laughs> Please do. I'll comfort their their potential yeah. bullies before they can even become them. Exactly. Yes. We'll See, okay. they need comforting too. That's the thing. Hurt people exactly. hurt people. So those kids probably need more uh, attention than anyone. Help. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The scary cloaked woman in the corner of the room will visit them at night. <laughs> don't worry. She's you. <laughs> it's fine. It's me. Yeah. Don't freak out. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. All right. Well, and Sabrina, you have. Did you time travel to to astral project yourself, or you were haunted in a different way? I didn't way? time travel to do it, but I uh, did astral project. What? I and I've done it. Okay, so I think that's my superpower, but I'm scared of it, so I haven't fully tapped in. Um, Scary because. The couple of times that I did it, it was very accidental and it wasn't like an intentional like, oh, I'm going to go astral project. So we'll see what happens on that journey. But yeah, so <laughs> this is, I mean, this story, I feel like I've told it a bunch of times, but it is like the scariest story. And it was one that similar to Corinne, like I spent so many years of my life wondering what it was and then got an answer and the answer blew my mind. Mm. Damn. So... When I was four or so, my family moved to a new house in Branchburg, New Jersey. It's a small little town. And it was a brand new house, like new build. We were the first ones to live there. Uh, It used to be old farmland. So, you know, you're like, oh, that should be like a great, lovely house. Like, why would it be haunted? But it was. (laughs) And there was a lot of stuff that happened in that house. But when we first moved in, it was just my sister and I, who's older than me, and then my parents. And my brother had not been born yet. So we moved in and I started having these reoccurring nightmares. And in the nightmare, I'd wake up and I'd feel like a presence in my doorway. And I felt like I had to follow it. So I'd follow it down the hall to my sister's room. And every time I would open the door, I would see these black and white orbs fighting over her. Mm. And it was scary. And I'd wake up after that and I'd, you know, just have like a very unsettled, frightful feeling and also every time I would wake up in my dream I would be wearing what I had gotten to bed in like it very much felt like it existed in that real moment yeah maybe sleepwalk not sleepwalking but like it's you in that day that you dreamt it exactly yeah my room was the same everything so I had this for years and you know it stuck with me clearly and but i never really thought it was more than that i was just like it's a weird reoccurring nightmare who knows what that is why do we dream what are dreams Mm -hmm. the the typical questions and fast forward this is probably 18 years later i am at my college graduation and at dinner with my dad my sister and my brother and we somehow get to the conversation of reoccurring dreams and I share this one. My dad, like, doesn't say anything. And usually he loves to talk. So the fact that he wasn't responding was weird to start off with. And he drops me off at, like, a college a graduation party. You know, we're all about to go drinking and stuff. And I get a text from him. <laughs> and he's like, do you have time to meet me tomorrow? Oh. Because something you told me, something you said tonight happened in real life. It wasn't a dream. Oh, And I had shared multiple reoccurring nightmares, so I was like, what is he talking about? And then 
I was like, excuse me, dad. You can't just now, drop a yeah, bomb on me. I'm trying to do a keg stand. You can't now? drop this on me right now. Like, What's up, Sabrina? <laughs> You're like, hang on. Hang on. I got to respond I was. to this. <laughs> Legs up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but hey, yeah. Siri. So he tells me, he tells me, he goes, that dream with like the night, like the waking up, going to see my sister wasn't a dream. It happened in real <laughs> life. So the next day I go to meet him and he is like, it's so funny. He was at a hotel bar drinking a Bloody Mary. And I was like, I feel like you are scripting this. This is like, (laughs) I wouldn't know your family secrets. Yes. Um, (laughs) So he goes on to tell me that when we first moved into this house, I was like four. He had one night fallen asleep on the couch and he woke up to like a strange noise and my dad also has a long history of paranormal stuff from an early early age he's always been in tune he sees things experiencing things he's like been possessed might still be possessed we don't know oh no um that's a whole other story like his my my mom and his current wife have said like he speaks another language in his sleep oh Um, and it sounds like he's fighting with like a voice anyway that's a whole other story (laughs) So he goes on to tell me, yeah, he woke up to a strange noise and he felt weird, but he thought maybe it was just the TV. He's groggy. He had, you know, been asleep. So he turns the TV off and he starts kind of checking the downstairs, turning the lights off, closing, making sure all the doors are locked and closed. And and he starts upstairs. And he said, like, the second he gets to the stairwell, he was like, gut instinct, something's wrong. There's someone in a house, like that kind of feeling. Oh, God. And so he starts climbing the stairs and he's just like very on edge, being quiet. And he, my room was right up at the top of the stairs. So he checks on me. I'm asleep. He like peers into his bedroom. My mom is asleep. And then he starts down the hallway. And immediately like that feeling is getting worse and worse. And like he just felt cold and just like someone's watching him. It just felt super, super unsafe. Mm -hmm. And he starts towards my sister's room. And when he touched the door handle, he said it was ice cold and that feeling got worse. And so he opens the door and he said it was like all of the air was sucked out of the room. He looks and my sister is asleep in bed. But all of a sudden, eyes closed, she like turns to him and out of her mouth comes a deep guttural voice that says, get out. Oh, my gosh. And my sister's six, so like, she, you know, she's not like temperamental. She's not. She's not like angry. Yeah, that's not something a six-year-old typically does. Yes. No, it's like, <laughs> oh, Ella would yell, "Get out!" in a yeah. demon voice to me, but she would be awake when <laughs> and then doing maybe it. awake and be like, ah, right. "Get out!" You know, <laughs> if it happened yeah. with her eyes closed, she was asleep. I would be terrified. Yeah. Right. So, and like, plus the combo of all of the feeling. Yeah, dad and the having. ice cold so door he, yeah. And, you know, his instincts are like, run. But yeah. it's his daughter there. So he goes up to her and he's also experienced a lot of things. So he grabs my sister and is like, leave my daughter alone. And my and like shakes my sister, like awake, not like violently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but just you know, like. Wakes her up. Yeah. yeah. It's not shaking the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, But she wakes up and is like totally unaware of anything like. Had just been you out. Know. Yeah. And he picks her up and is like, I'm going to take you 
to our room to sleep with us. So he picks her up and he turns around and I'm standing in the doorway. So he was but, the white and the demon was the black. Wow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dad, the and white knight saved her. He's the, yeah. And what I'm unclear about is because because now in my adult life, I have had other astral projection experiences. Like part of me and my dad was already like very open to the paranormal. Like was he seeing my astral self? Was I sleepwalking? Mm-hmm. I'm not totally clear. Um, but then the next day he had, he like told my mom, he's like, we should get the house blessed. We just moved in. Like, let's, uh, just to be safe. Right. And so they, they got the house blessed. And after that, the dark stuff kind of went away. Our basement definitely had a dark energy, but, Mm -hmm. and my brother, when he was like a little bit older, he started having nightmares about this one closet in the basement, which was very freaky. And it was like this, like, calling to the closet and when he would open the closet he would like be sucked into this like black hole of sorts so we believe the dark energy went in there yeah um better than my sister better than inside her (laughs) it's fine you have a whole ass rest of the house (laughs) keep it in a closet in the basement leave it in the closet i have a closet i don't even look in there's a bunch of shit in there there could be be ghouls in there keep the ghouls in there not in my house (laughs) yeah keep them in there i'm good with that um but yeah after that the the dark energy was gone we did have like a mom and a little boy in our house that Mm -hmm. my brother would wake up in the middle of the night being like mom tell the little boy i don't want to play i'm trying to sleep Like, get on our daytime schedule. Like, yeah, I'll just, play with you during the day, but at night got I've his got his days rest. and nights mixed up. <laughs> I need my rest in yeah, the afterlife. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Damn, that's scary, though. Did y'all think at that least maybe- the activity got exactly? You you I'm lost sorry, the activity. No, you're fine. Yeah, I would say. Do you think that your your dad doing that kind of interrupting whatever was happening to your sister has anything to do with him saying weird stuff in his sleep or anything, or he just like sleep apnea? We don't know what that's all about. So, oh my gosh, that's a whole other complicated thing. Just but in I don't think Latin. it's okay. That's not yeah. Too bad I don't. Yeah, that's different. different. I don't think it's connected <laughs> because I believe the talking a different language had happened like much earlier, like okay. prior to this I occurrence. Um, it's possible that maybe whatever is going on with him brought forth a dark energy. I don't know. Um, darkness yeah. follows my father. Oh God! What a banger title for his autobiography, though, or actually (laughs) the one you're going to pin about him. Yours. I want to hear your memoir, "Darkness Fathers." Follows my father for real, though. (laughs) But I think that shows a lot of power he has that he's still, you know, a dad, (laughs) jumping in there to protect the daughter, like protecting Mm -hmm. you until you were ready to know the truth and all that. So he must be real one hell of a powerful guy. If the the demons (laughs) are trying to get at him, and he's like, "You'd get down in the basement." Don't fuck with me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a, uh, yeah, I'm glad Jeez. that none of that ended up being, all I'm picturing is poltergeist because yeah. the new build right. on some type of <laughs> land and then. God knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. my, my second book would be my sister's near possession. Yeah. Oh man. We're ready for him. I will read. I've got a series. Time. You got to <laughs> You need to write a book. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to read. Them. Do y'all have plans to write a book or any other things coming up? We would love to. Yeah, we hope to. Yeah, we would love to. Sounds like we, you both have a ton of stories. Out. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have so many, which is why we've put out specials. We have like the Corinne special, the Sabrina special on our own feed because we're like we just need to put it, yeah, compiled together, but. No, we've got things in the works. We're trying to pull yeah. together a tour because we yeah. nice. we did a tour back in 2019, and then we did a couple shows this spring, and it was so fun. Yeah, awesome. So, 
You, yeah, we're on tour I, right now. We're on break right now, but we go back out in a couple weeks, and it is a lot of fun. So we look forward to when you guys can go back out too. We can't wait yeah. to see you live, and we'll yeah. keep listening. And we'll have to get together. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Yeah. We already have our- Where are y'all again? What cities? I'm Boston. I'm Los Angeles. Okay. Well, we'll be in Boston in July. just a couple weeks. Yeah. July oh, 19th. Yeah. You okay. go. I need to look up your tour schedule. The 19th. But we'll see you there. Hopefully, if you're available. July 19th in Boston. I think it's a uh, The Bell House? That's, no, that's in New York. But it's in oh. Boston on July 19th. And we'll, uh, we'll Caps. text you deets. Caps, maybe? That's Austin. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just look at <laughs> Go to sinisterhood.com. See, I, it sounds like you guys are just like Corinne and I, where it's like, <laughs> Heather, you've got the deets. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> I'm always like, so but you know, we, we complete like each other. It's like there one of go. us knows the like tour dates and the locations. The other one remembers, you know, oh. that we have a tour. Our names. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, we, yeah, I, I will no longer complain about being 17 minutes away from Christy, given y'all are besties and are, are bi coastal besties, as I you know. say. But, uh, but you, it doesn't seem like distance has done anything to keep you apart because y'all are. Uh, no. You need each other with all these ghosts coming at you and all the ghosts coming at your listeners. You're powerful <laughs> together. It's that's cool, though, that you can astral project and visit each yeah, other if you need to. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. I definitely yeah. need to, like, tap into that because that would be really cool and a useful <laughs> part of hanging out. Uh, but the last time I did it. Until then. And it was accidental. I had, like, a voice wake me up saying, like, wake up. Like, and I truly, like sprung awake and it was scary so i haven't done it since then mm. that is it's Rejecting i don't i want to be able to make sure i get back in that's my only deal you gotta yeah, get i need a guarantee yeah. re-entry exactly um, a stamp right. on the hand if you will. <laughs> well here's the uh, thing i feel like our spooky little podcasting community is actually quite small and we're all just so lucky to have each other in mm-hmm. each other's lives Definitely. too that we can rely on each other we basically have a little coven yes we say. do yes. Yeah. So if something bad happens it's called the big spooky you circle. get to phone a friend and <laughs> say yeah. hello big spooky circle i love it all yes. of us spooky podcasters we should get walkie talkies save me oh yeah headsets walkie talkies <laughs> when Let's we get we gotta dig a bunker step one we get a mega yes. podcast bunker step okay I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have the bunker. Let's go Christine to Dollywood. Oh, yeah. You get the we, supplies. Are, uh, we, we have to ask, are you interested in going to Dollywood with everyone? Just making sure you're on board. Uh, we Is our bu- to- okay, we build a bunker under Dollywood. Oh, there we are. Okay. And then she'll We've come down it. and be like, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, here's the thing. I think she'd fund it. Oh, yeah. think absolutely. Yes. Yes. And yeah. she would be a guest on everybody's show. She's delightful. Oh, She's oh, yeah. wonderful. Yes. God, an angel. We're like, it's heaven. for the benefit of humanity, Dolly. And for like, real. We're trying to save I'm the in. world. <laughs> She's like, so am I. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> well, where can everybody find your show and you guys on social and all that? Corinne, you take it away. Okay. Well, you can find us at Two Girls, One Ghost is our username pretty much across all social platforms, Instagram, TikTok. We have a website, twogirlsoneghost.com, which is where you can find everything all in one, merch, future tours, etc. And, et two and, and then wherever you listen to podcasts. Out. Like oh, T-W-O. Yes. T-W-O. And yes. Two yeah. Girls, One Ghost. Ghost is the important word to remember yes. at the end John, yeah yeah try and put another word there yeah you're google gonna get a different google search no. mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. i have told people the name of the podcast before and like i don't know if it's the way that i speak um i don't know but uh, they they often hear two girls one goat 
as oh. in the animal. Oh, that's, well, nope, that's, that's quite disturbing. Yeah, yeah probably also a website. No, yeah, honestly, you know, you tell a friend, a coworker. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the dark web. <laughs> but yeah, it's, for yeah. sure. It's not on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> no, 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 no. Spotify no. didn't. Didn't no, allow Spotify's it out. not putting <laughs> no. that out. No. So your friend's like, I watched no. the whole video and neither of those girls were you, and there was no ghost. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a bad movie. <laughs> don't, don't click that. Don't click that. T W O girls O N E yes. ghost. Yes. Not a goat. Yes. yes. Correct. Oh, that kind Correct. of not a bad. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank and you. we you always too. love hearing spooky stories from fellow podcasters and we hope mm-hmm. we get to see you in uh, in Brooklyn in just in a Boston. few weeks. But I don't know what I'm. I've been sick all yeah. week. I might as well just I not will, talk. Honestly, I just, honestly, I roll up to Chrissy's house. I'm like, let's go on an adventure, and she's like, let's go. So I will roll up and pull you, and we're gonna go to the Northeast. <laughs> You're just going, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'll show up and she's I'll do a show wherever yet. I'm gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you there. Well, we'll definitely see you too soon. <laughs> okay, sure. good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks so much to everyone that sent in their stories and Corinne and Sabrina from Two Girls, One Ghost for speaking with us. We had so much fun talking with all of you. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content, like our recent mini-sodes on the murder of Eric Richens and the introduction of Alexa and Siri into the courtrooms. Head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to get all of your Sinisterhood merch. We have t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos. Just click on shop on the top banner. You can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun, like topic-based playlists and links to those live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can check out the full interview with Corinne and Sabrina on our YouTube page, as well as all of our other Freaky Friday guest interviews and every episode of the show all on our YouTube. We also have TikTok going. Go over there to check out some of our fun show videos like The Legend of the Corn Skull. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll have one from today with our mystery sound. And check us out on Cameo, where you can have us do custom video shout-outs for you. We can say, happy birthday, happy anniversary, good luck, congratulations, any message. Let us know what to say, and we'll send the message for you. Just go to Cameo.com and click on Sinisterhood. You just search us right up at the top. Christy, where are you at on the World Wide Web? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and I posted like three different corn school things in a row on Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister. Hope.